God uses really simple things to teach us powerful, complex lessons. On Pentecost, we think about the flames of fire that descended as the Holy Spirit came to the people. Jesus used mud to bring back a man's sight. Jesus used water to teach us many different lessons about what it means to live a faithful life and to be a follower of Christ. From matters of faith and abundance to experiencing grace and understanding our identity in God, water is at the center of so many stories about Jesus. And over the next few weeks in worship, we're going to explore these intersections between Jesus and water. Hear now these words from the Gospel of Matthew as Jesus is baptized. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, as we think about water, we are reminded that there are places where it's a struggle because there is too much water, like our local farmers who find their fields covered in puddles and mud. We're also mindful, Lord, that there are places in this world where there is not enough clean water, like the city of Flint, where citizens continue to struggle to find clean water. I pray, Lord, that as we think about water and we explore our faith together, that we might hear an old story in a new way and that we might be touched by your Holy Spirit. Amen. I got to take a couple days of vacation before going to our annual conference gathering in Traverse City, and my husband Joel and I spent three nights camping in the Upper Peninsula near Lake Superior, a little bit outside of Munising. First thing you need to know about this camping trip is that in the UP in May, there was still snow on the ground. So people had told me there might be, but I did not quite believe it until I saw it for myself, a big old pile of snow when we went hiking. Many of you have been up to Lake Superior like we did just recently. Standing on the beach of Lake Superior, you get a sense of just how vast that lake is. It's like standing on the shore of an ocean. You can't see the other side. It is amazing, that body of water. It's just a beautiful place to be. And so Joel and I, we got a chance to be up there in nature. We hiked a few very short sections of the North Country Trail. We got to see Miner's Castle and Pictured Rocks and just all these really beautiful places. It's truly amazing to me to think about the power that the water has had in shaping the shoreline up on Lake Superior over a number of years Year after year, some of those rocks have taken a beating by the waves, and the power of erosion has changed what everything looks like up there. A couple of places that we went there were actually historic photos that were included, and so it would say, okay, this is what it looked like 
in the early 1900s. We have a picture of this rock formation, and here's what it looks like today, or you know, 2015, or whenever the photo was taken. And there's this dramatic difference just from a hundred years, which is nothing in the life of a rock. And yet, all this dramatic change has happened. And then I think, too, of stepping onto those beaches there. There's all kinds of little stones and pebbles and sea glass. And it's all been worn smooth from the power of the waves and the flowing water. And what struck me about this is when you and I step into a lake, if we put our toes in the water, you feel a wave. And you kind of think, well, one or two waves washing over my feet, it doesn't do too much. It doesn't make too much of a difference. My feet are still the same after I've stood, into the, stood in this lake especially if, in your, if you are in Lake Superior, which is very cold. You're only going to be in there a couple minutes. And you might make the mistake after that experience of thinking that water can't make that much of a difference, that water doesn't really have the power to change anything much. But if you look at those rock formations up on Lake Superior, you look at that sea glass, you see the power of water washing over the same spot year after year, day after day, wave after wave, it's transformational. It really makes a difference. Something even as hard as stone or glass can be transformed by the power of water. The waters of baptism are a little bit like the water on that rock up on Lake Superior. We're baptized just once in our lifetime, but the moment of baptism is the beginning. It's an invitation for God to work on us every single day. And the waters of baptism, if we let them, will change us little by little by little, wave after wave, every single day, to the point where 10 years down the line we'll look back at our life and say, yeah, I'm not the same person that I was. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. The waters of baptism wear away our hard edges. They mold us into what God is calling us to be. Now, people often have strong feelings about baptism. People often have strong feelings. I want to give you an example. My husband, Joel, is a pastor. He is at a church over in Goodrich, a United Methodist Church there. And a few of his church members feel strongly that he uses too much water when he baptizes. (laughs) And one of the people who thinks that my husband, Joel, uses too much water is my grandma, who is one of his church members. And so there was one Sunday when my grandma saw that there was going to be a baptism. She saw it in the bulletin. And she started going around the church saying to people, Well, I guess the pastor is drowning another baby today. (laughs) She was only mostly joking. (laughs) And then I think about my friend Joanna, who's a pastor at a church in Virginia. And she recently had the honor of baptizing a little first grade girl who happens to have Down syndrome. And this little girl was so excited to be baptized. And so my friend Joanna started the liturgy, and she started it by asking the parents these questions, these vows of how they're going to raise their child, which is what we always do during baptism of a child. And so she asked, will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church so that she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, lead a Christian life, profess her faith openly? And the parents said, yes. And the little girl was so excited that she shouted out, yeah! What a testament to faith. How excited she was to be baptized. People tend to have strong feelings about baptism, and it's not really a surprise because it's a life-changing moment. When you are baptized, your life is changed forever, whether you remember that moment or not. 
Baptism is a moment when God claims us in a powerful and mysterious way and connects us in our finiteness with the eternal story of God's transformation and creation and redemption in this world. I want to reread you the passage that Amelia read from Matthew, Eugene Peterson's version from the message. Jesus then appeared, arriving at the Jordan River from Galilee. Jesus wanted John to baptize him. And John objected, I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you. But Jesus insisted, do it. God's work, putting things right all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. So John did it. The moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and he saw God's spirit. It looked like a dove descending and landing on him. And alongside with the spirit came a voice. This is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. God claims Jesus in that moment as his beloved child. And I want to highlight the way the message puts verse 15 too. I think this is great. It says, God's work, putting things right all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. It speaks to the importance of Jesus Christ and the power of what God was doing in that moment. You know, it's no secret that the world isn't perfect. There's a lot of things that you or I might change about the world. And all you need to do is turn on your television, listen to the radio, get on the internet. Don't read the comments on the internet. You will know that things should be better than they are. And we also know that we ourselves could be better than we are. We struggle to be patient or compassionate. We do the things that we don't want to do, and we don't do the things that we know that we should do, which, by the way, is a paraphrase of Paul writing to the church in Rome almost two millennium ago. So people have been struggling for a long time to do the right things and not do the bad things. Humans have always struggled with trying to be better. And often we know the good that we're capable of, but we just can't quite get there. Or we don't even see the possibility in ourselves because the world has beaten us down so much that we say, I don't, I don't even know what I can do. That is why we need God's grace. That is why we need baptism, to be reminded of our true identity as God's children, loved no matter what. We're celebrating graduates this morning, and... You all have graduated from high school, which is an amazing accomplishment. You saw how the congregation was so proud of you. The applause went on for a long time. That's how much love there is for you guys in this room. Many of you will be going and living on your own for the first time, or you'll be attending a new school, or you'll be taking on a new job. Some of you might be doing all of those things at the same time. Anytime you strike out on your own or you make a major life change, whether you're 18, as some of you probably are, or you're 80, Anytime your life transitions, it can be scary. You can feel a little uncertain. And we need, in those moments, something that will ground us, something to remind us that we're not alone, that we're connected to other people, that we're connected to something that's larger than ourselves, like the creator of the universe itself. And when these moments arise, when you're feeling scared or uncertain or nervous, when you're not quite sure what the path ahead of you should be. Find some water, a lake, a stream, a pool. It doesn't matter what it is. Stick your feet in the water. And in that moment, be reminded that 
you are loved by God. You are claimed by God as a child, and nothing can ever change that. Suddenly you're connected to generations of Christians who have come before you. Generations of people trying to follow Jesus, just like we are today here in this place. Stick your feet in the water. Are you hearing that? Yeah? So I want to tell you a story. Back when the United States was much younger and the country was still forming, the Methodist church was growing really fast. It was growing like wildfire. And in fact, there were fewer pastors than there were churches, and pastors would be sent out on horseback. We called them circuit riders, and they'd go from church to church to church. And sometimes they'd only get to a given congregation every three or four months based on the number of churches that they had. And so when they got there, they would preach and they would teach And most importantly, they would administer the sacraments, meaning communion and baptism, because in our tradition, you need a pastor to do the sacraments. Now, once we got modern transportation, the cars and paved roads and all these kinds of things, the call for circuit riders became a little bit less because suddenly you could drive from one place to the next and pastors said, hey, I don't know know if I want to be traveling all the time. I kind of want to center myself in a community in a community and live there and be there. And churches said, hey, I don't know if I like it that the pastor's gone for three months at a time. Let's let's have him stick around a little bit longer. And so gradually we came to the itineracy system that we have today. But in some areas of the United States, they still had circuit riders as late as the 1900s. These men on horseback, literally on horseback. And one of the last living circuit riders was a man named Henry Smith, who was serving in eastern Kentucky, where the roads were a little bit worse, a lot of them weren't paved, a little more rural, a lot of small congregations that maybe couldn't all have their own pastor. Toward the end of his life, Henry Smith was reflecting on his ministry, and he described baptizing people in a river in eastern Kentucky. And on the day he described, there were many people waiting to be baptized in the river. And the river was freezing cold, but Reverend Smith said, I'm going in anyway. And Henry began to preach from the river. And he began to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And as he baptized, Henry's feet started to sink into the mud. Now, Henry was a tall man, but with each new person that he baptized, he started to sink a little bit deeper into the mud. And he slowly seemed to get shorter and shorter, and the water seemed to get higher and higher, but he would not leave the river until everyone who desired baptism had received it. By the time he was done, he had lost all the feeling in his legs, and in fact, he was stuck so deeply in the mud that he had to call people from the shore to come out into the river and pull him up out of the mud. Baptism is so important that this man was ready to get stuck in the river if that's what it took for everybody who desired baptism to receive it. Now, I'm not as tall as I imagine Henry Smith was, so I'm not sure I could baptize quite as many people as he could before going under the water. But baptism is just as important today as it was to Henry Smith and those people in the early 1900s. Because through baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church, and we are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation, and we're given new birth by water and the Spirit. Baptism is an initiation into something that's larger than ourselves. It's joining a community. It's joining into covenant not only with God, but with other Christians who have decided to follow Jesus and have been baptized. And it's bigger than any one congregation, 
Through baptism, we're brothers and sisters in Christ to people in Kenya, in Latvia, in Korea. It's this amazing bond that we hold because we have been baptized. Now here in this place, it means that all of you who have chosen to make this faith community a home, we're bonded in an in another special way, because we are all in this thing together as a congregation, following Jesus. And the amazing thing about baptism is it doesn't matter what other categories that we might hold in this life. Our identity as children of God becomes central. So it doesn't matter if you're male or female. It does not matter if you are a Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter if you're a cat person or a dog person, if you drink Coke or Pepsi. We may not always think alike. We may not always believe alike. We may not always agree with each other or like one another at any given moment. But you know what? We are forever connected because we share Jesus Christ, because of the covenant that we have entered into with one another and with God. The waters of baptism connect us in a way that is so powerful and beyond the divisions of this world. Not only are we claimed as part of God's family through baptism, but we are incorporated into God's acts of salvation. I want to talk about what this means because this is so amazing and, and important. We are incorporated into what God is doing. That means throughout scripture, God promises to transform the world. We hear a lot about new creation. We hear about the potential for change. God promises resurrection. There's all kinds of promises in the Bible about making things new, making things better. And as Christians who are baptized, we get to be part of that. We are agents of change in the world for the sake of Jesus Christ. Do you realize how amazing that is? We all want the world to be better. And as Christians, that's part of our call. When we are baptized, it's a call to action. It's a call to feed the hungry to visit the sick, to take care of those in prison. That's part of who we are because of the waters of baptism. It isn't just about us. It isn't just about me and Jesus. It's about the family that we are part of. It's about the world that God has created. Anytime you join a family, you start to live differently than you did before you joined the family. And baptism is exactly like that. Through baptism, we are given new birth through water and the spirit. It's a fresh start. It doesn't matter who you used to be or what you used to do. When you're claimed by Christ, you have a new identity. You have a fresh start in Jesus. And God's grace is always at work in us. There's no question about that, but sometimes we have to remind ourselves. We have to remind ourselves of our identity as baptized children of God. And Every single day, we need to remind ourselves. Every morning when we wake up, Because of the waters of baptism, we're part of God's family. We're beloved. We're claimed as God's own. Because of baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit, we're part of what God is doing in the world. We're part of making the world a better place for the sake of Jesus Christ. If any of you are sitting here this morning and you are thinking to yourself, well, I haven't been baptized before, but I think I might want to be part of this thing that God is doing. Talk to me, talk to Pastor Rick, we will make it happen. We even have a creek on the other side of the parking lot. (laughs) I know that many of you are going to be on lakes this summer. You're going to be at streams. You're going to be at pools. If nothing else, you're going to drink a cold glass of water at some point this summer. Especially for all of you who are graduating, I want you to hear this message. Each time you encounter water, remember that God has claimed you and God loves you no matter what. 
your life is forever changed because of God's love. And God is calling you to something good and something transformational. If you all sitting out there have kids or grandkids, maybe they're even with you this morning, and you're around water this summer or in the weeks to come, I want you to talk about baptism. I want you to talk about the day you were baptized or the day your child or your grandchild was baptized. Because they may not remember if they were a baby, if they were an infant, uh, a young elementary school student, they may not remember the details. And that's why it's so important to talk about it. Say, hey, you have been claimed by God since you were two weeks old or whatever age it was. Talk about the day. Talk about who was there. Talk about the Holy Spirit. And how powerful that love of God is in their life. And if it's something you've never talked about before and so you feel a little awkward and you're not really sure what to do or what to say, the best remedy is just to start talking. And the more you talk about baptism and the more you talk about faith and the more you talk about God's presence in your life, the less awkward it's going to become and the more natural it will seem and the more you will encounter together that narrative of God's story in your life. We might only receive the waters of baptism on our heads once. That one brief moment. But as we say so often here at Clarkston, that water of baptism can never be washed off or wiped away. It is with you for life. The water of baptism is with you for life. We are forever connected and marked by God's power and grace through the water of baptism. And it might take us a while, it might take us a few decades, but day by day, God is going to change us. The waters of baptism will transform us if we let them, if we allow it. Just like those rocks on Lake Superior, sea glass, small pebbles that have been transformed over time, we too can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's allow ourselves to be shaped by the water of baptism. May it be so. Amen.